Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm here. You got that deep timber going on this week. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, my voice didn't last too long after Oktoberfest. No, uh, so we were in KW this weekend. A uh, shout out to everybody down in the KW, and we were at Oktoberfest, and your voice went. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, it wasn't just the beer and the yelling. It was, uh, you know, a few other things that contributed. So I'm doing my best, playing hurt, but uh, here and ready to recap the weekend. Yeah, it was a bigger weekend than I think we gave it credit for last week when we talked about the events going on. You know, Instead of sort of maybe a down week, but most of the teams actually were playing. Uh, most of your top teams around the world, you had a variety of pretty big events going on. Uh, both in Europe and here in Canada. So let's run down the week real quick in terms of what happened, and let's start overseas. Uh, We'll go in chronological order of how these events ended. So let's start with the Stockholm Ladies' Cup. Big event over in Europe. A lot of the teams that we saw last week here at the Elite 10 had flown back overseas to play in Stockholm. Pretty loaded field. If you look at the playoffs who made it, Pretty much everyone who you would have expected to make it made the playoffs. Sylvana Tiranzoni, Benia Fletcher, Annette Nordberg, blast from the past there, Eve Muirhead, Anna Sidorova. Really strong field here. And perhaps to nobody's surprise, as we said last week, best team in the world, Anna Hasselberg. She comes through, beats Anna Sidorova in the final. Yeah, yeah, big weekend there in, <coughs> excuse me, in Stockholm. And one of the... Uh, maybe happier stories in the curling world was Eve Muirhead making her season debut uh, coming off hip surgery uh, just after the end of last season. So uh, she's been putting in the rehab work and all that, and she came and she played. I don't think she played every game with the team, but she said she would play as many as possible and uh, came out and and was able to to put a run together that got their team to the playoffs. Yeah, so they make the quarterfinals, lose to Annette Nordberg there on, on that side of the draw on Saturday. We actually watched a lot of that game on Saturday, and Eve looked pretty good. Uh, a couple key misses here and there, but nothing that you wouldn't sort of expect of someone who hasn't played in a while, or even normally. Like They weren't bad misses no. that often, and uh, I think you know maybe let Annette Nordberg off the hook a couple times. Annette Nordberg was heavy on some draws, especially early in the mm-hmm. game sort of got her out of trouble. But overall, uh, a good effort there. And, and Anna Hasselberg and that team just keeps rolling. Yeah, and they played Anna Sidorova in the final. Yes. And uh, I, I sent out a picture there uh, on Friday, maybe, that I, st- I was watching them play play a game against uh, the Swiss team of... Which Swiss team was it? Benia Felcher? Benia, it was Benia Felcher, yeah. yeah. And they, they went up 3 nothing after two ends, and then... Gave up a four spot. Looked like they were gonna, you know, collapse and lose the game, but came back and won. They finished their round robin three and one, and made a strong run through the playoffs to the final. So their their team was looking pretty good this week too. So yeah, lots of strong strong teams there in in Stockholm, and like you said, best team in the world right now. They come through and win it. Yeah, so a, a good weekend there. Another weekend for Swedish curling over 
in Basel, Switzerland, a big men's event over there, the Swiss Cup. That's right. We've lamented so far this season Nicodine's start to the year, how he has definitely struggled. Certainly Rasmus Rana's injury back at the World Cup of Curling out in China was certainly an issue there. But Nicholas Adin here in Basel comes through with a much-needed victory for this team given what's happened through the start of their season. Yeah, a lot of teams at this event that we've seen at uh, European Championships, some at World Championships. Uh, Alexei Timofeev from, from Russia, Yap Van Dorp, uh, Peter de Cruz, Yannick Schwaller, Bruce Mowat. Uh, all, all sorts of good teams there. So uh, Adin beats Stefan Wallstead in the, in the final, uh, and Peter de Cruz picks up the third place. Yeah, so, so so not a bad field there. Certainly not that strong in terms of Canadian teams because uh, there were none, uh, yeah. any of the big teams there. But a major European event there, and good for Nicodine. You know, I said this that that they needed it, and I really think they probably did just for their own yeah. mental well-being and sort of making sure that they know that they can still win after a tough start to the year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So the reason there was no Canadian teams there, Sean. Big but weekend in Canada in two places, in Calgary for the women and Toronto for the men and sort of the women. Uh, let's start first in Toronto with the Stew Cells. Let's start with the women's side of this draw at the Stew Cells in Toronto. Not the strongest field that we've seen anywhere in the country, but a pretty good weekend for some teams that we're all familiar with, with Kerry Galusha making the playoffs, Jacqueline Harrison making the playoffs, Julie Tippin making the playoffs. So some teams that you know and you, you've heard of had a pretty good week there making the playoffs, but ultimately comes down to a final between Kathy Ald and Kira Brunton, two teams that may not be that familiar. And in that final, Scott, we have a bit of an upset here in Toronto at the Stu Cells on the women's side. Kira Brunton coming through with the victory over Kathy Ald. Yeah, I got to say, uh, Sean, a bit surprising to me. I, I keep feeling like I've heard the name Kira Brunton uh, around, but I don't know from where. <laughs> you know, it, it sounds super familiar to me. Uh, maybe from the junior circuit. Seems like uh, that's where they were uh, They were playing the last couple of years. So, you know, uh, good on for getting in there and, and playing a pretty, not not the, the strongest field, as, as we'll hear most of the women's teams were out in, out in Calgary, the most of the top top uh, tier women's teams, but you had some big names, you know, like Carrie Galusha, like you said. Yep. And, uh, she, and in the playoffs, she beats Kristen Streifel in the semis, and then Jackie Harrison in the semis. So, yeah. so you know, two teams good. that are pretty good and, yeah. and have played on tour a lot. So, you know, like you say, a team that I don't know if they would have played on TV before, uh, at least at a senior level. I'm guessing probably not. But if you look at a team like this, younger players coming up never hurts to have a good week at an event with very experienced teams. So good for them, especially winning that final against Kathy Ald. So congratulations to Team Brunton for a good week there in Toronto. So we heard about the women's side, Sean. The men's side was also a very, very strong field this weekend in Toronto for the Stu Cells. Definitely a really strong field out there in Toronto. Probably the best men's event that we've seen so far this season that hasn't been uh, the Elite Ten or the World Cup. And coming out of that strong field, we have a, a team that, you know, a lot of people would have been looking at. Very strong team. Reed Carruthers comes out with a victory here at these Stews 
Stu Sells in Toronto. It's easy for you to say, Sean. I know, right? They, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Team Carruthers there. Uh, one of many teams uh, that play regularly on the World Curling Tour in this field. You know, we had Glenn Howard's team there, John Epping's team. Brendan Botcher was playing there in their first event of the season. So uh, for Reed Carruthers to come through this event, uh, pretty well done. Uh, we saw Tanner Horgan as one of the, the qualifiers through the A-side as well. So strong field. Uh, in the playoffs, uh, Carruthers beat a ch- the Chinese team, uh, Zhang. In the quarters, they beat uh, Stuart McDonald. No, Scott McDonald. Scott McDonald. Right. There in the uh, semifinals. In the semifinals, and then Stuart Thompson in the in final, the final yes. to win. So, yeah. uh, so Stuart Thompson, a bit of a surprise being there in the final exactly, with this field. Yeah. Uh, he goes through John Epping and Brendan Botcher to get to Reed Carruthers. So a lot of credit to them for a team that you wouldn't have expected. But Reed Carruthers, you know, this team that we, we talked about how it would work with Reed calling the game and Mike McEwen throwing last mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe some mixed results so far this season. But in an event like this, very strong field, really nothing to seize that getting a big win here in Toronto. Exactly. They're learning how to do it and learning how to do it without time clocks, I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> is the way to go because they definitely uh, take their time with yes. all that conversation. A lot of conversation. So congratulations there to Reed Carruthers and company. Before now, we move out west to Calgary for the big event out there, the women's events played out in Calgary. It was called something strange, I felt, Scott. The Curler's Corner Autumn Gold Classic. Yes, there's a lot of words in there uh, for a curling event, but a pretty pretty major event. Most of the top teams in the country playing out here in Calgary. And, uh, you know, when you looked at the field, perhaps no surprise that Kerry Anderson comes out on top again. This team cannot be beat, Scott. Sean, this is the narrative of the season, right? To Team Kerry Anderson. They are killing it. They're, they're proving all the doubters wrong. Who Nobody thought, well, in this room anyway, that uh, the super, super team of all skips was going to be able to come together. No. And th- this would be win number three for them? Three or four, yeah. They, they yeah. haven't lost an event yet. Every event that they've been in, they have won. They mm-hmm. have absolutely been crushing it this season. And if you look at their road through these playoffs, they beat Casey Scheidegger, then Rachel Homan, and then Jennifer Jones. So they are not going in and maybe getting lucky draws or whatever it is. They are coming in, they are playing the best, and they are beating the best. And Kerry Anderson, I was very skeptical of how this four-skip arrangement would work. Yep. So far, so good as they remain undefeated in terms of events. They've lost games, but they have won every event that they have been in. It's pretty incredible, right? Pretty incredible. And and like I say, we were doubters uh, from the get-go, and we'll have to see if they can continue this once it gets into the season of champions. You know, yes. uh, The cash spiel circuit is one thing, and it's great, and it's... Uh, way to line your pockets and get ready for the big season of champions up to, uh, that's coming up. You know they'll have to qualify out of Manitoba, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and you wonder once you get to the season of champions. I know we'll talk about it, but if they get to the Scotties, I mean, Kerry Anderson has lost the final as a skip, yeah. and as has Val Sweeting, of course, playing third, has lost the final as a skip. So all of that experience coming together now. You would expect that, uh, and actually Shannon Burchard, too, having won the Scotties now with Jennifer Jones. You have a lot of Scotties experience here coming together with this team. 
and they're obviously gelling in terms of the shot making and style of play and hopefully personality works as well we haven't had a chance to see it on tv yet but you know you're winning all these events so it's obviously going well for them and you just wonder if now is the time where collectively they've had all this experience they've paid their dues and now it just is a chance to really come together yeah absolutely sean uh, i'm excited to see what the future holds for this team so that's our run down of the weekend that was here in the world of curling. Some pretty big events. Very big events. A lot of Very teams big. out playing, and uh, congratulations to all the winners. But of course, Scott, this is Thanksgiving weekend here in Canada, and we thought that this would be a wonderful opportunity to reflect on all the opportunities that this wonderful sport has given us over the years. And we're going to give the things in curling that we are the most thankful for. Yeah. So we've each come up with three things, and we're gonna, we don't know what each of us are going to say. There might be some overlap, but each of us have three things that we are thankful for in curling specifically. This is not obviously going to be serious life things. This is curling specific. So each of us have three. Scott, what are you thankful for in the world of curling? Well, Sean, I've been thinking a lot about this since you asked me to do this <laughs> an hour and a half ago. Yeah, there you go. Uh, one of the things that I'm most thankful for in curling is Curling Zone. Our friends <laughs> at Curling Zone, Sean. There's no other way for me to be able to follow all of these bond spiels. I've got their app, you know. I've been refreshing all weekend, trying to figure out who's winning the Stu Cells tankard. Like, all these spiels that I wouldn't have had any way of following in the past. Now I'm able to follow, and it's all because of the great folks at Curling Zone. Yeah, so Curling Zone is really uh, very good in terms of following the scores. And it's very, uh, uh, probably the best site I think, in terms of monitoring these events that you can't watch, most of them. Absolutely. Uh, so really, uh, yeah, that's very good there in, in terms of curling zone. I'll tell you my first one then, Scott. Please. My first one is the physics of curling. The physics? <laughs> yeah, I love the physics of it. There's a guy on YouTube who has a channel about everyday science. It might actually be called Everyday Science. And he did an episode on the physics of curling. Because if you take a, a cup and spin it, It'll go the opposite way of how it's spinning. Yeah. But on a curling sheet, it's basically the same idea, a concave mm -hmm. object, but it'll go the way it's curling or the way it's spinning. So he looked at why it, it did that. You know, how are the physics different on ice mm -hmm. versus on a table? All that. I love sort of the physics of it. And, you know, you have the angles, you have the gear effect, yep. of course. Can't forget the gear uh, effect. Can't, affect, uh, can't forget the ever-popular gear effect. You also have uh, the other one where uh, the drag, oh, where yeah, you have yeah. stones that will drag together. And, you know, if we didn't have the physics of it, we wouldn't have Russ Howard telling us to go try to make these shots on a pool table <laughs> to see how difficult it is. So I'm all in on sort of the science and the physics of curling. Wow, wow. Uh, I wouldn't have expected a science answer from you. you you're a non-scientist. Right, I'm not a scientist. I'm but a, I, I'm, I'm, a am, scientist. I'm a doctor, though, so I have to oh, you know, give heedance or credence <laughs> to the, uh, the facts. Okay, okay, right on. Well, Sean, the next thing that I'm thankful for yeah. in curling, I'm going to say I'm thankful for the pants of curling. 
Yeah. In many different ways. I'm thankful for the way that the ladies wear their curling pants on TV. I'm thankful for the way they stretch and enable a big guy who's not very flexible like me to be able to play. I'm thankful for all the cool colors and the popularity that the Norwegians uh, gave to curling by wearing funny pants. So all for all of those reasons, I'm thankful for the pants in curling. Okay, that's good. You know, one of the things that's interesting, having been at all these events now, some of the, the curlers, and I think this is mostly women who have started to do this, is they have special pants made or special pockets in their pants made specifically for the mic pack. Yeah. So a lot of the women, right? I think all of them. I think. Yeah. Sort of right in the middle of their back, right at the, where the belt line would be. Yeah. They'll have that special one. I know some of the guys still use a back pocket in their pants. Back pocket or um, a belt clip. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of them are taking into account that they're on TV so much and it's actually affecting the design of the pants. And what we didn't mention last week was, uh, Brad Gushu's team, they started wearing blue pants. Oh, that's right, uh, yeah. For the, the Elite 10 there. So blue pants, you know, there's lots of things that can still be done with pants. Even though the Norwegians, you know, uh, they started it, it didn't really pick up. But no, Well, the rules well, are part of that. The Curling Canada has rules that you have to wear black pants. So, so you know, the Elite 10, not run by Curling Canada. Obviously, yeah. you can wear whatever you want. It's something that Curling Canada has to loosen up on. It makes absolutely no sense. Oh, yeah. And we've it's seen teams, like, you know. It's insane. We've seen gray pants uh, yeah. before. But still, a lot of the teams are using the black. For the for the ladies, I understand. You know, you want a, a, a black pant that sort of makes you, uh, you know, blend in a little bit. And it's not so yeah, but, but you, if obvious, you want, But if but you want to wear something that pops, why not? If you, you want to wear right. orange pants, like... Uh, who was it last year? Was it Brendan Botcher and Julie Tippin who had orange they had their at, orange at, at the, the, uh, the trials. trials? If they wanted to throw in some orange pants, why not? Well, I think Botcher was wearing gray pants there. So, uh, oh, so there you go. There you go. But, so, yeah, Curling Cannon needs to loosen up on the pants. But um, in any event, I'm thankful. You're thankful for the pants. Okay. So, so pants. Uh, pants are useful in all, all walks of life, not just curling. Yeah. So you're thankful there for the pants. I, Scott... I'm thankful for the internet and the internet's adoption of curling, which allows us to watch things like the Stockholm Ladies' Cup, whereas mm. five years ago even, we would not have been able to watch that event. So the YouTube channels that will run these events and the coverage that the people there provide, often for uh, you know no money, right? It's yeah. uh, Oftentimes a lot of people are at that level, maybe not. Mm. But a lot of the events that we see streamed, People are doing it for fun, for goodwill, just to, to get out and ha- have more access to curling. I'm thankful that people do that so that we can watch it. Even this weekend, I had on briefly the Glitter bombs, Bomb Spiel. Oh, right on. From Washington. They live-streamed that event yes. uh, out there in D.C. at the Potomac Club. So uh, I'm grateful that all these folks are eager and excited to get curling out into the world. Oh, that's a great one, Sean. I, I agree. You know, uh, I... I I put on Instagram that picture of me watching Anna Sidorova, you know, I woke up in, in the morning and was like, Oh, I heard this thing was on. And so I didn't even leave my bed and I turned it on. It was great. (laughs) Uh, which you're right. A few years ago, that would have been impossible. So, so yeah, so that's my second one is sort of the expansion of the internet as it relates to curling. So one more each. Okay. So what's yours last one there? Well, Sean, my last one, 
I have to say is a bit selfish, but I'm still thankful for it. And I, I'm thankful that uh, a lot of curling clubs have adopted craft beer uh, as things to sell in the club because for a long time you would go to the club and it would be a, a Canadian or a Coors Light or some other trash beer and uh, uh, yeah, offense to those beers. So I drank a few on the weekend and now I feel like garbage. So uh, <laughs> the the first uh, club that I played at outside of Southern Ontario in Vancouver, we always had Granville Island beer. And I know Granville Island has been bought by whoever and whoever, but uh, that was my first taste of some good beer uh, at a curling club. And I like that the tradition has continued. There's almost no clubs I've been to that doesn't have at least one local selection, even if it's not great. Get some local beer in there. Support the local breweries. Curling is like a way to, to form a community. And by helping other local businesses within that community, I think it's a, a great thing. Yeah, and as you say, most clubs have picked it up, uh, at least the ones that we've been in. And it, it does make it interesting to go play in different clubs because you get not only to see different places, but taste what the region has to offer. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun in that regards as well. And kudos to the managers of clubs for being able to do this. I know there's a, you know there's, there's the financial reality of it where you have contracts with a lot of the big brewers to sell the stuff, and that helps to offset some costs in other areas. So I know it can be challenging, but good for them for being proactive in this and having options for players. Heck yeah, because otherwise, you know, I might not uh, stick around the club for as long after the game. Right, so uh, that's a good one there, Scott, I think. the uh, Being thankful for the change in the beer selection at a lot of clubs. Uh, you know, if you look at your list of beer and pants, uh, it's an interesting list, I would say. Well, Sean, I had a long time to think about yeah, it. Yeah, so, so there you go. Came up with uh-huh. the best answers. Yeah, um, so I would say, to me, the last thing that I will say in terms of being thankful for in the world of curling, I think it's just the people. I think it's a wonderful... Oh, I, I know. knew you were going to say I the know. people. We love the people. Uh, it's a wonderful community. Uh, I'm always excited to go to different events. So uh, always am grateful to see the type of people that are involved in curling who are willing to give up a weekend to broadcast to you know 500 people yeah. on YouTube uh, a seemingly random event. So exactly. yeah, just just wonderful people. Wonderful people uh, that you meet at a club, that you meet at a bond spiel, that we've interacted with online. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the whole curling Twitter is a really great community. Yeah, absolutely, uh, I've really enjoyed interacting with all of you on there. So yeah, keep it up. Uh, we'll keep on supporting each other and uh, getting through this uh, great season with lots of fun events to come. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, if you want great people, great fun, Scott. Oh, gotta, yeah. you got to go to the Fergus Curling Club. <laughs> if you're in Fergus and you like curling, go to the Fergus Curling Club. Best curling club in the city by far. So uh, Yeah, the Fergus Curling Club is, is really a great place. It's the oldest continuously operating curling club in Ontario. Right, yes. So Lots of history there. Very prestigious. Very prestigious. At Bonspiels, I've heard tell that they pipe you out on the ice. Yes, everybody gets piped out yeah. for Bonspiels. So, you know, not only is there the prestige of it, you get that cool experience. I've never been piped out. I've often said I want to be piped out. You have been piped out. I have, and it was and great. Good experience, and they do it for everyone. So you get that opportunity, you get to toast to the piper, 
when you're out on the ice if you're of age. So it's a really cool experience. So uh, the Fergus Curling Club are good friends out there. Uh, so please do visit them if you're in the region. Absolutely. So a couple of things now before we go, Scotty. Uh, just a, a couple of minor things from last week. Oh, boy. Uh, we got a, uh, an email here from Ling, and we've talked about Ling before. Yeah. She is on the Hong Kong curling team. She plays mixed doubles. That's right. With Jason. So is this about our mixed doubles talk? Or yeah, no? so she just wanted to correct us. We, we announced... Announced. We we commented on the announcement. That's right. That the World Curling Federation had changed the qualification process for the mixed doubles. They were going to have fewer teams in the competition. She just sent us an email to point out how that is actually not going into play for this year. So it'll be next season. Yeah. So that's okay. going into the 2020 mixed doubles world championship this year it's still in any country can sign up okay uh, the world qualifier that we were talking about over in new zealand she says that that is the qualifier for the men's and women's world so we just misread that on the site oh while we we're doing that but uh for this year this will be the last year for the uh, anyone can sign up mixed doubles before they implement this new format okay uh, well that, that's teams. good for ling and jason they can go uh, yeah, for one more year. Yeah, uh, and hopefully they'll finish top sixteen, and then they won't have to qualify. Get right? right back in there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, so th- thank you, Link, for for pointing that out to us and letting us know that we'll have uh, another year of the fun mixed doubles of uh, yeah, <laughs> looking at who's there and finding teams from Israel. Maybe this year the uh, Nigerian oh, yeah. curling federation, which was just I don't know if it's inducted or whatever what the right word is to the World Curling Federation as a member association. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll have a team that they can send out. That'd so, be great, yeah. Uh, representing Africa. You know, before we know it, we're going to have to have uh, qualifiers for the Africa region, uh, as we have with you know North America and the Pacific I, and Europe. I think I read they'll be included in the Pacific Asia region uh, until they can figure out a better name for it. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, just we, we, we don't want to call it the non-North American, non-European region. That doesn't quite fit, I don't think. N-E-N-N-A? Yeah, something region? like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but thank you for uh, sending that in, Lane. Good luck to you and Jason as well, as Scott said, this year at the Mixed Doubles World Championships. Yeah, so those world championships will be in Norway, I believe. That sounds right, yeah, uh, if we look that up. Stavanger, Norway. There you go. <laughs> uh, well said, Scotty, well said. All right. So um, we also have gotten the Instagram up and going. Please do check it out, at Game of Stones pod there. We've thrown up some stuff. We'll continue to throw some stuff as the season kicks off for most other people across the country. You know, we've been going for a couple weeks now here at the Ottawa Curling Club where we play. Other clubs are getting going Soon the ice is in at a lot of places, including the Fergus Curling Club, where the ice is in, but they haven't quite started yet. I know some other folks in Ottawa here have started, so Mm -hmm. if you're getting out there starting your season, good luck, enjoy yourselves, and we will be posting some photos of the various clubs we're playing this season. You can also find us on Twitter, at Game of Stones Pod, and you can follow us there as we tweet out all the action from the world of Game of Stones uh, including following the official team of the Game of Stones podcast, Chelsea Carey. Yeah, I don't think we're going on any big trips uh, for a while. So we're uh, we're here and we're all about curling. 
Yeah, all curling all the time now. Uh, you can email us like Ling did, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. If you have not subscribed to the show yet, please do so. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever it is you get your shows. Give us a like, rating, all that fun stuff. And tell your friends about the Game of Stones Podcast if they're into curling. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook as well. You can give us a like there. And follow all the action as we continue to monitor what's going on as we get into the real heart of the curling season as clubs across the country open and we get into some of the big major events in the elite level with the next world with the next world cup coming up soon-ish and before that the next grand slam event out in truro yeah sean and uh we've been going for a while now and i don't think i've coughed too many times so so we should uh, quit while we're ahead i think i think i really need to take a, a big drink of water and get a good cough in but uh good good luck uh <laughs> good luck to everyone out there <laughs> don't get sick it don't sucks. get sick everybody so yet scott you can find him at scott likes tv i am at dr shawnee fever we'll be back with you next week but until then keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern make the final